0: Well, hello. Welcome to our podcast. This is Paul Nichols, the Investor Coach, pulling back the curtain on the financial services industry and exposing the truth about money and investing. It's Your Money is brought to you by Financial Abundance, uh, which is a registered investment advisory firm located in State College, Pennsylvania. They're registered in the state of Pennsylvania, and they're a fiduciary that manages money as well as uh, works on a number of different types of unique strategies for income and taxes, etc. Again, my name is Paul Nichols. I'm the host as well as the founder of Financial Abundance, and we come to you on a semi regular basis to basically give you an overview of the market and uh, maybe a couple tidbits, hopefully we believe, a common sense approach uh, to some of the news and some of the facts that you have out there uh, in the cyber world as well as in the media and in finance. Uh, often we're trying to bring a little bit of clarity, perhaps a little direction and leadership uh, in an area that there's very little of that offered. Uh, there's a awful lot of opinion, but very little uh, really uh, common sense approaches. Uh, you know, my father used to say common sense is not all that common, and I I would uh, have to concur with that based on my my experience. The market, wow, what a crazy year we had last year in 2018. It closed out, uh, unfortunately, down. You know, I often share with people the goal of investing is to get a market return, uh, a global market return. That would be the overall gain of the market if there's a gain. Well, some years there's not a gain. Some years the market return is a negative number, although there may be areas of the market within a total global uh, market-based portfolio that are up. And in given year, uh, but you don't always see it all up in a given year or all down in a given year. That's a fairly rare, uh, rare occurrence that all of it's down across the board. Well, that's exactly what we saw in 2018. The US, small, large, micro value companies, growth companies, emerging markets, developed markets within the roughly 45 countries one can invest in, we saw all of those being down. Uh, We could assign different rationales and short-term news blips and reasons as to why. In the the bigger picture, it really doesn't matter uh, that the market goes up and down. Uh, We all love volatility when it's up, uh, and we realize that when we apply an academic approach to investing of own equities diversify and rebalance religiously, uh, we find that one can harbor uh, some peace uh, and understand at the same time that they can get a global market return and the market has a two-thirds bias. Two out of every three years is up, one out of every three years is down. One never knows until hindsight which is which. So last year, ouch, it was negative. I'm going to do a quick market update. This would be basically a global snapshot snapshot of the market as a whole and the different indexes or areas, in dice, plural, areas of the marketplace globally. So the idea is you want to own equities, you want to diversify, you want to own umbrellas and suntan lotion. You never know what's going to be up. Hindsight's twenty twenty. So when we do that, we want to periodically look at the market as a whole, because we own all of it in a academically well-diversified portfolio, understanding modern portfolio theory. And basically, we say to ourselves, okay, look, how is the market doing as a whole? And last year, again, it was across the board. It was down. So different asset classes, types of companies, small companies, large companies. They could be U.S. They could be international. But basically, different asset classes... like you to picture a pie in your head with several slices, and each of those slices would be a different asset class. The first one I'm going to talk about is U.S. large. That would be large U.S. companies that is often depicted in the form of the S&P 500 index as it relates to a quick place one can look to get an overall idea of how large U.S. companies are doing in their current state. As of the 23rd of January, here we are three weeks into 2019, we're up 5%, the 18. that's awesome because it was down last year. It hurt. Uh, it was down last year for sure. And so 13%, basically. So we're up. We picked up five of that. When we go to another piece of pie, that would be the Russell 1000 value. These would be value companies. They're not growth companies, value companies. A value company would be a Sears, um, uh, a Kmart. Uh, what's another one that comes to mind? Um, companies uh, that academics would consider to be unexcellent. You know, a Walmart in the retail industry might be an excellent company. Sears might be an unexcellent company. You should invest in both. And when I ask people which they should expect a higher return, I always get the answer Walmart, but that would be incorrect. You would expect a higher rate of return in Sears, the value company. It's an unexcellent company. It costs more for them to do business. Their growth and returns are not as good as Walmart, so one should expect a higher rate of return. We're investing, we're expecting a return of capital, okay? And so, a return on the capital. So, what ends up happening is we want to own growth and value companies. So, value, 5.42 5.42 year-to-date as of the 23rd of January for 2019, the s and is 5%. When we go into the Russell 2000 value index and the Russell 2000 index, this would measure small to micro companies in the growth and value area. 2000, Russell 2000, small is doing great. It's up 8%. Russell 2000 value as well, respectively, 8%. So we're seeing 5 to 8%, ladies and gentlemen, in small and large U.S. When we jump over to the international arena, we're going to start with Morgan Stanley Capital International World Index. This would basically be an index that looks and measures the performance of developed markets. You know, the, the, the developed uh, international countries like Canada and Denmark and Germany and Uh, and Italy and Japan and and, uh, New Zealand, etc. United Kingdom. 4.8%. It killed us last year, pretty rough last year, uh, but it's up um, uh, 4.8% year to date as of January 23rd. When we go to the Morgan Stanley Capital International, Europe, Australia, and Far East, this would basically be looking at developed markets, excluding the U.S. and Canada. So basically everything but U.S. and Canada, we're up 4.41%. When we head over to the Europe Australia Far East uh, area of the Morgan Stanley Capital International were up 4.7%. When we head toward uh, the small area, small Europe Australia Far East companies companies over in you know that developed part of Europe basically in the Far East uh, it's about 5.8 percent to the good in emerging markets which would look at roughly 20 or so countries that are not developed countries these would be countries like Egypt and Hungary and Indonesia Malaysia Peru Philippines uh, Russia South Africa etc uh, they're up 4.6 percent oil it's crazy where we are now barrel of oil is 52 bucks and I can't believe we're still uh, uh, in excess of two two Plus 250, 275, whatever it is where you are, and an ounce of gold is holding steady uh, where it's been for roughly a decade, pretty much. Um, uh, you know, it's a it's a fear buy. The only time you ever see gold up is when you get these these gold mongers that go on and talk about how gold's never been worth nothing. Well, when's the market ever been worth nothing? You know, and normally when you buy gold, I'm not saying gold's a bad investment, but in a well diversified portfolio, you're already going to own gold through through different mining companies and all kinds of different subsidiaries of other companies that you were you would own to own a bunch of gold nuggets would uh, in our opinion would be doubling down and would not be a prudent investment but if you feel uh, that it at, you know it feels good to you well feeling good doesn't always mean right but uh, if you're comfortable with that that's fine but uh, we've never seen gold's a hedge against inflation really and uh, um, the only time it ever goes up is when uh, when we see turmoil like turmoil like we did back in 08 uh, and this does speak to what a dollar will buy you know for 2530 Years gold was three fifty an ounce roughly. Now it's twelve hundred bucks an ounce. But I'll tell you, it's kind of like uh, to segue for a moment. People talk about equity in their home. Uh, people think that equity is a good investment. Buying your home is a good investment certainly. But it you know you don't buy homes and homes aren't built to store cash. They're built to store families. But people leave a lot of equity in their homes. They put a lot of cash and they pay it off. And people actually are diluted to believe that equity has a rate of return. They don't understand. I, I say, well, equity has no rate of return. Uh, and they go, well, that, that can't be. My my house is worth more from year to year. Well, your house is worth more because of inflation. Uh, your your house depreciates the day you move in it, okay? Um, but the reason that it, it costs more to buy your home 10 or 20 or 30 years later is because dollars depreciate as well. It takes more dollars to have the same buying power. But equity has no rate of return. But that's just one of those little um, uh, money nug- nuggets. That it's, it's probably the biggest mistake most Americans make, besides uh, not understanding the tax ramifications of their deferred accounts, uh, their IRAs, their 401Ks, their 403Bs, and 457s, and not realizing that it's a permanent tax lien on those accounts. And at some point, the tax has got to be paid. All of a sudden, people retire. They're on less income than they've lived on before because they were saving and funding their retirement and stuff. Uh, they're, they're retired now. Their house is paid off. They've got no mortgage deductions. Their kids are gone. Hopefully, they got no deductions there. They're not funding their IRAs. They're at a point in their life where they're at a low income level, but they got no deductions and they wonder why they're paying more taxes than ever before. Very few people's tax liability changes. So I just segue into a little seminar to talk about the two biggest mistakes that Americans make in this country as it relates to managing their own wealth and understanding finance. And that is how they pay for their cars and homes and as well fund college for that matter. uh, At the same time, how they save their money and and fund uh, tax deferred accounts, thinking that that's the smartest thing to do. Now, it may or may not be for in any one individual, but when we look at it as a whole, as a general rule, uh, it's not something that most people could should do. When you defer um, the taxes on a on a tax deferrable account, you also defer something else. You defer the tax calculation, and now no one knows until you start to pull the money out what the tax calculation is going to be. Well, you know, if you believe tax rates uh, are going to be the same or higher in the future, uh, or or they might be lower and there's no deductions, it's the same thing only different. You're going to be in the same tax bracket. But uh, I digress. So let me get back to the market update. As a general rule, the market's doing great overall. I know there's a lot of hubbub still about the government shutdown. There's a lot of different personal opinions on that as you talk to different people. My personal observation is I don't really notice it much. Now, I haven't traveled a whole lot and and I'm not one of the 850 individuals who obviously would notice it. But what a lot of people don't realize about this whole situation, every government shutdown historically up to this point, is they've gotten back pay. So you're not furloughed. I just talked to a gentleman this morning that was basically... um, Outsourced or uh, cut back uh, several months ago, and he's still looking for a job. How's that any different than people uh, that work for the government? How's it any different than a private employer coming in and saying, We got to cut back? I'm sorry, you're laid off. Need to go find another job. Now, I'm not saying these people should go find another job, but there's a whole lot of noise about an awful minor uh, incident as it relates to the overall impact of the country. They want to make a lot of noise about it. And, uh, you know, what, what I've noticed is I'm 55 years old this year. All this political news, and, which is 24-7 anymore, and the campaigns never stop, it's become the soap operas for the baby boomers. The news is a soap opera for the baby boomers today. It has very little impact on your life, one way, shape, or form. Uh, the, the news and what it creates in, in noise in the form of market volatility means nothing in the long term. There's not one shred of evidence to support short-term trading, market timing, stock picking, a track record investing. And so it's a lot of entertainment. And when you start to realize it's nothing more than entertainment, whether it's left, right, and the hatred and the the divisive nature of what they spew left, right, it makes no difference. I'm not talking political. I'm talking common sense. I mean, anybody with eyeballs can look back and say, this is just a bunch of backbiting going left and right. It's theater, friends. It's theater. It means nothing to you and I. It means nothing to how we run our homes and raise our children and and do the things that we do from day to day. And I hope that that, that that doesn't get news, does it? You and I getting up every day and going to work putting our kids on buses or helping them with college or whatever the situation is and being an example every day. These people running this country are an example. In fact, you know, I was thinking about something interesting. How can they campaign? I think there should be a new rule, and the rule is very simple. If you hold an office, you can't campaign for another one, period. That's it. I mean, we're basically hiring these people, and then we're paying them to campaign full-time and do nothing but advance their careers. Imagine if we had the same opportunity to get a job and go look for another one while we're getting paid for that one. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry, did I say all that out loud? It gets me kind of aggravated because I see what it does to so many people's psyche. If there's anything that creates uh, turmoil and, and these types of things, especially in seniors as they get older, in their peace of mind, it's finances and taxes and how certain laws might impact them because they believe they don't have the ability to make the changes. You know, they, They've already kind of carved out uh, what their life's going to look like in retirement and and, and changes could affect that. So it's a lot of fear mongering. And in my opinion, As a president of a company, an entrepreneur, someone who's been successful, I've been in rooms with politicians, I've met two presidents, I'm telling you, it's a shame. It's a downright shame. And what it's showing, uh, our children and our youth, is an example of absolute ignorance. Uh, On both sides, left, right, in the middle, no one's right, no one's wrong. The reality is that Americans are suffering. A lot of Americans are suffering, and it's a shame because it's a good time in America. We shouldn't be suffering, okay? Um, And when I say people are suffering, I don't mean uh, anyone that wants to uh, advance themselves economically can go do it in this country there's no doubt about that if you don't you're just a bum the mere fact that we have millions of immigrants wanting to come here speaks to that reality of the opportunity so if you don't take advantage of it as American which you win the lottery by being born American well then that's shame on you but you don't you got nobody to complain to okay the reality is and I'm speaking from somebody who comes from a welfare background okay so I'm not speaking from someone who comes from entitlement in any way shape or form I pulled myself out of the gutter, and you can do it in this country, okay? So anybody that's carrying on and whining and moaning about opportunity just doesn't understand capitalism Uh, and the reality that we have before us. Do not let these politicians put a cloud of doubt over a wonderful country, a wonderful opportunity, and it doesn't affect our daily lives. The reality is this government shutdown hasn't affected me one iota. Has it affected you, really? And are these people really that essential then? I realize the parks aren't getting trash picked up, and as, as an outdoorsman, I mean that, you know. But there are vol- isn't it great that we have a volunteers, just Americans, that are saying we're going to pick up the slack after already paying their taxes? I got to tell you, it's pretty sad where we are uh, in the state of mind. And it's not most of you and I getting up and going to work every day, left, right, or middle. It's these doggone politicians that are examples of ignorance, complacency. Uh, it, it just uh, drives the average person crazy to the point where you got to realize it's nothing but energy entertainment or it'll make you crazy. My parents watched soap operas or drama shows when I was a younger person. Today, we're watching the news. That's our drama. That's our soap opera. But the market's good. And uh, here we are in a new year, 2019. We're just thinking, you know, a 2020 next year. It just seems like yesterday we were talking about Y2K. Hope you have a great day. Paul Nichols, the investor coach. Some of that's my opinion. You're welcome to it. The main thing is own equities, diversify, rebalance. If you need to learn or want to learn more about the finance and how it works, I can encourage you to reach out to us. we got a lot of literature and information, classes. We believe education leads to clarity. Clarity leads to confidence. And only with confidence can you have peace of mind. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Talk to you down the road.